0: It's midweek. It's also midseason. Why not take some time and look back at the first half of the season for the BYU football program and also project ahead as you look at the final six games as well? It's the midway point right here on Locked On Cougars. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. <laughs> What is up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team every day. And as such, this is your only daily podcast focused on all things BYU. Our goal here, simply stated, is to make you the smartest BYU fans in the room. So thank you for taking the time to download the show. My name is Jake. By way of introduction, real quick, I work for the KSL Sports Zone in Salt Lake City, Utah as the executive producer of DJ and PK, but more importantly, I'm Moonlight here as your host, talking all things Brigham Young University football, basketball, and all the other sports, frankly, out there, and having a lot of fun along the way doing that. I've been covering BYU for the better part of a decade plus now in my professional career and absolutely love doing it. All right, quick reminder that today's show is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs is the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs is helping you find the candidates that you want to talk too faster post your job for free at LinkedIn.com/slash locked on College. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's dive in uh, today. It is midweek. We're Hump Day, Wednesday here. We're also at the midway point of the season, so I figured you know what now is the perfect time to look back at the first half of the BYU football season. Talk about what's gone good. Talk about what's not gone not so good, and maybe even talk about just what flat out hasn't worked for the BYU football program. We'll also probably uh, talking a little bit projecting ahead to the final half of the regular season for the Cougars, and I guess the first thing out of of the shoot here is I think BYU right now, we're not 100% certain what this team is destined to be quite yet, and that seems like low-hanging fruit to say that because, yes, we're only six games into this season, but... Any of you who have watched this game, uh, watched this team, excuse me, and have watched the games that BYU has played this year, you've probably seen a team that has had some pretty high ups. I think you'd think the Baylor game is maybe the uh, high point of the season so far for BYU. Some very, very low points, getting absolutely curb stomped at Oregon, uh, losing in disappointing fashion, obviously, against Notre Dame in their most recent outing. Those are two things that are going to stick with BYU fans. And the other three games, frankly, uh, USF, Wyoming, and Utah State, frankly, those are games you're supposed to win. You're, you're at a level that those should be afterthoughts. Those are like, yeah, uh, market and pen before the season. That's a win for BYU. So, right now, I'm not 100 certain that we know necessarily what BYU is—the quote-unquote identity of this BYU football program. So, the way we're going to go about this today is we're going to go uh, posi- uh, not position group by position group. We're going to go by uh, both all three phases of the game for BYU. Offense, defense, and special teams. We'll also give an overall uh, team grade, what I think has gone down. So, my question of the day, we'll get that out of the way right off the top here, is that I want you guys to weigh in with your letter grades for the offense, the defense, and the special teams, as well as an overall team grade at the halfway point for BYU. Drop it in the comments uh, below on YouTube here, if you're watching this on YouTube. uh, DM us on Twitter, uh, tag us on Twitter, on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We're at Cougars on all three platforms there. Y'all you can email the show locked on BYU at gmail.com is the way to reach out to us. And some of you have commented on YouTube of late saying that, Jake, you probably aren't going to read this. I actually, folks, I read every single comment on YouTube. I do need to be better about my interaction on social media, especially on YouTube, uh, liking and uh, commenting on the posts you guys make. But trust me, I do see it all. I've just uh, maybe been a little, I guess we'll call it lazy in terms of my overall engagement level on that, but I'll do better. I'll endeavor to be better on that front. All right. So let's start off with BYU's offense here. Uh, I think the offense for BYU, my letter grade, not to bury the lead, I'd give BYU's offense a B plus. Has it been perfect? No, absolutely not. Have there been some very, very good things with the offense? Absolutely. The passing game in particular, outside of this past um, outing against Notre Dame, passing game has been absolutely stellar. Uh, Jaron Hall is absolutely balling out. And I really think you can chalk up uh, the, the performance against Notre Dame this past week just to his health status. Uh, I think it's been very well chronicled and commented on that he is not 100% healthy right now, and that is obviously holding back BYU's passing attack. The other thing about this is think about how good that passing attack has been without the top receivers available every single game through these first six games. Gunnar Romney got re-injured against Notre Dame, and according to Kalani Sitake and Ed Lamb, they're hoping to have him back this week, but he got injured once again. and uh, Just another in a long line this season. Of one guy comes back, another guy goes out due to injury, and that that cavalcade, that that constant rotation of wide receiver, in many ways has uh, has not hurt BYU. It's actually given guys like Chase Roberts, Cody Epps, the requisite opportunities to really start emerging and showing you, hey, we are we got we got next. I, I guess is the term to use in that, and they've shown very very well. So that that's the positive for BYU on the passing game side of things, and I think that's what is what holding the grade for me for BYU's offense. I, I think that's what's propping up is the overall prowess of BYU's passing game. Now, conversely, the rushing attack for BYU has not been uh, what we all expected it to be. I think most of us out there, yours truly included, going into the season, I thought BYU's going to be able to run the ball fairly effectively. This was a very highly touted offensive line, bunch of returning starters, big bodies up front, and I figured, okay, if Christopher Brooks is even capable of being a running back, BYU should be able to run the ball, and he should challenge for a 1,000-yard season. Well, it's kind of been spurts and stops and ups and downs and lefts and rights, and it just hasn't gone the way that I thought it was going to go for the rushing attack for BYU. And I think that that's what's holding the, uh, the offensive grade down for me overall to a, to a B+. Plus. And uh, maybe you think that B-plus is a little too generous, but I, I think the only thing holding me from giving them in the A range, maybe an A-, minus, is the fact that the rushing attack has just not been there. So you look at the statistics, for BYU. Christopher Brooks has 384 rushing yards to lead BYU. Miles Davis with 167, Lopini Katoa uh, completing the triumvirate there with rushing 155 yards. BYU is a team 921 rushing yards through 6 games. That is a healthy average of 5.0 yards per carry, but it's just, it has not been as effective as we hoped it would be. Now, Jaron Hall, uh, to his credit, he has completed uh, 129 of his 188 passes. He's actually uh, dipped below the 70% mark that he was early on this season. He's completing 68.6% of his passes. He's got 1,558 yards, uh, excuse me, 14 touchdowns against the two interceptions. The passing game has been absolutely elite. The leading receiver on the year, Keanu Hill, I know that sounds uh, like it's made up, but Keanu Hill's kind of been the the quiet assassin in the wide receiving core for BYU, hauling in uh, 17 passes for 334 yards. He's got four touchdowns against Cody Epps 5, who Epps is actually now BYU's leading uh, pass catcher in terms of overall t- uh, touchdowns and overall receptions. Cody Epps, 25 receptions, 298 yards, five touchdowns. That's the ratio of one of every five passes that Epps has hauled in this season, my friends, has been a touchdown. It's absolutely phenomenal what he is doing in the passing game for BYU and he's really uh, kind of burst onto the scene so I, I think my overall takeaway is that the passing game yeah it's absolutely elite I would actually I know that the Notre Dame game has to be factored into all of this but I'm actually chalking that more up to the fact that uh, Jaron Hall just wasn't seemingly himself in that game and I'm going to say it's probably more due in part to his health status I actually think the passing game for BYU this year has been like A, A plus level The the, the what brings it down is I think the rushing attack is C plus B minus 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 overall in in my effectiveness. So I'm kind of going right between and giving them that B-plus grade on offense. And I... I I think that the second half of the season, you're going to see an improved rushing attack. And that's going to be a byproduct of the fact that BYU is going to face, quote-unquote, lesser teams. There's a huge game this week against Arkansas. And Arkansas is an SEC program. They've got four- and five-star talents on that roster. They're, they're going to make life miserable for BYU, or at least they're going to endeavor to try to do that. The, the bigger question will be, can BYU, after they get past this Arkansas game, you've got Liberty, you got East Carolina, you Boise State, Utah Tech, Stanford all remaining on the schedule, can you see an uptick with the rushing game that obviously probably benefited from teams that maybe aren't as strong against the run, but at the same time, you'd like to see okay in the back half of the season they really started to put it together and figure things out. If they don't figure it out, well, once uh, early December comes, uh, post Thanksgiving, and we're doing our full regular season grades, maybe I'm going to push this grade even down further that the rushing attack just never got going in in this instance. Uh, any of you who watched Clark Barrington or listened to Clark Barrington yesterday on the show, he sounds like he and his teammates are very very. very much intent on improving the rushing attack. And I did take a step forward. It felt like against Notre Dame. I know that the passing game was very much uh, kind of in uh, reverse in many ways, but the rushing attack had a fairly successful day, all things considered against Notre Dame. So, uh, maybe that's how things are going to flip. Maybe it's going to be more of a balanced attack, and that's what BYU obviously endeavors to do. But right now, I think the offense sitting right now, I'd give them a B plus. Now, we'll talk a little bit about the defense and uh, what I expect uh, for them in the back half of the season. We'll also grade them for their first half performance. Let's get to that here momentarily. First, though, we need to take a minute and talk about our friends over at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn jobs help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Uh, the best part about LinkedIn jobs, you can go on, set up your profile and then add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile that spread the word that you're hiring on LinkedIn. There's a th- millions of people on LinkedIn. They'd love nothing more than to help you guys out. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And the best part is it is why small businesses are rating LinkedIn jobs. Number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors so give it a shot my friends linkedin jobs is helping you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post that job for free once again terms and conditions apply Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show and uh, downloading it, subscribing to it, rating, reviewing, liking, commenting, enabling notifications, no matter where you happen to digest it. It's absolutely phenomenal. I actually had a member of the BYU staff ask me, well, Jake, how, how's the podcast doing? And it kind of, frankly caught me unawares that they even knew that I had this podcast going. And But I told them, uh, it's been v- going very, very well. And it's a big credit to all of you out there in Cougar Nation. So Thank you so much for your support. It's also really fun to have opposing fan bases stop by. We had a number of Notre Dame fans in the comments section last week. Going back through each week, we've had Wyoming fans, Utah State fans, uh, Baylor, Oregon. That's the best part is opening up uh, this podcast to new, uh, I don't know, uh, what I'm trying to say new customers new listeners uh, just opening them to new audiences that's what I'm trying to say new audiences so thank you for your support in that venture right, let's talk a little bit about BYU's defense now the first half of the season for BYU's defense it's not been great uh, frankly and uh, that's the thing about this is looking back at the first six games for BYU defensively you look at it and say okay yeah as I mentioned in the open you won very high you you won a very high profile game against Baylor in dramatic fashion then you get absolutely curb stomped and the defense uh, shoulders a lot of that blame it felt like for that loss in Oregon the offense did what it could do in that game Uh, the defense held it held it down against USF Wyoming and uh Utah State, despite some early uh, falters in those games. But then uh, the game against uh, against Notre Dame, I actually thought BYU's defense, giving up all that yardage, yeah, you don't want to lose the time of possession battle the way you did over 40 minutes of possession uh, for Notre Dame. 200 plus rushing yards, almost 500 yards of total defense. That stuff's not good on the metrics for BYU defensively against Notre Dame. But I thought BYU's defense, there's one thing I thought they could build on, and I talked about this on the Monday edition of the podcast, is the fact that BYU should be able to build on the fact that when Notre Dame got into scoring position, BYU stiffened and uh, really uh, held their own in the the red zone. Now, obviously you want to see that uh, happen earlier on in a series and obviously get an opportunity to get a stop a little bit earlier, but that is something you can build upon as they had that quote-unquote spine that uh, really helped them uh, slow down what Notre Dame was trying to do in the scoring areas. Now, the defense, uh, my overall grade for the defense, I'm going to give them a CC+, kind of right in that range. It's not been uh, what BYU fans hoped for. It's not what I was hoping for from this BYU defense. I thought uh, playing a lot of young guys, giving them a lot of experience last year, obviously due to injury and some of it just simply due to the fact that they didn't have a lot of upperclassmen, especially along the defensive front. I thought all that seasoning would would lend itself to BYU being an improved defense on the football field. The problem, it feels like right now, is that the scheme and sometimes the overall, I don't know, the, the situational awareness, that that's probably the best way to, to term it. It just seems like on the field at times, BYU, the coaches, players, etc., they're just not situationally aware enough to be taking advantage of opportunities afforded to them. Guys like Max Tooley, Max has just been BYU's best defensive player this year. He is the defensive MVP. I, if I were to give MVPs, I probably should have done one for offense. It's Jaron Hall on offense, and it's Max. Tuley on defense. I, I think those are very, very easy ones to pick. Ben Bywater leads BYU with 46 total tackles. Tuley has 42 total tackles on the season. They're BYU's two uh, leading tacklers by far. Uh, Keenan Peely and Peyton Wilgar uh, come up uh, tied for third with 28 total tackles. So the linebackers very much collecting a lot of that uh, hardware, those tackles out there for BYU. But the, the thing for the defense is, is just the fits. The run fits, sometimes the passing game fits, the drop eight versus bringing pressure at times it's very effective at other times it's just uh, head scratching like let me let me for an example let's look back at that Notre Dame game for a minute Late in that game, uh, there is the uh, the play that was uh, 2nd and 17 late in this game. BYU's trying to get the ball back. Notre Dame has it 2nd and 17. And you look at it and say, okay, they can uh, get a tackle here, make it 3rd and long. Ostensibly, you get Notre Dame to punt and give your team a chance, one more chance, to go out there and see maybe if they can just get untracked one time and get you a touchdown and a 2-point conversion to win that game. Well, what happens is a 33-yard rush, which first off, uh, the, the the play on that uh, on that initial tackle attempt was a whiff. I'm trying to remember who it was. It might have been Keenan Peely, uh, but they came up and they ducked their head and they got they, they, just, they whiffed on the tackle. Had they made that tackle, we're not talking about this play. But then it's a 33-yard gain, first down Notre Dame, and at that point, that's the backbreaker, and at that point, you're not going to get the ball back with any significant amount of time, if at all, and the game's over for, for, for all intents and purposes. But if you watch that play... Situational situational awareness. Uh, You have to obviously be aware of of a pass because Notre Dame's trying to end the game with a first down. But BYU drops into a five man shell uh, defense, is the way I kind of read it. And uh, guys like Blair Redd, are good friends out there that coach this at the high school level, will know this better than I do. But the situational awareness is like BYU, seemingly all of the guys that are going into pass coverage, like bailed out. And when the rush uh, came up the middle, like I said, the initial tackle attempt should have been there. And the uh, player, I don't, it might have been Keenan Peely, but I, I might be misidentifying there. I'm doing this off memory. But they whiff, and then all of a sudden, there's, uh, the reaction from BYU, guys are out of position because they dropped into their pass sets and at that point it's off to the races, 33 yards and like I said, the backbreaker that cost BYU. The situational awareness is what's lacking for BYU's defense right now. There's part of that element that goes to coaching. There's part of it that goes just simply to the players uh, understanding, hey, we got to be situationally aware about down and distance and what might be going on here. I know that in second and 17, you're supposed to be playing in a pass set, but you also have to be aware as soon as you probably hear your teammates yell and run, you need to react to that. And BYU is slow to react in that instance, and it, it, it costs them the game. Uh, yeah, maybe the other things cost them a the game, and that like one simple play is not a game make. But that's kind of the epitome of what's been going on for BYU defensively so far this season. Is it just there are times when they try and play a run fit when a team passes it and it burns them, and all, uh, conversely, there's times they try and go in a pass set and the team burns them running the football. The situational awareness, and I'm not the only one saying this. Let me let me also be clear about that. Uh, David Nixon, I, I believe I saw some comments from him on BYU Sports Nation. Talking about situational situational awareness. Uh, there are also good friends out there in, in the media sphere beyond David, who's a former player and also working in the media. There's other pe- people out there who are saying that BYU just the, 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 they're missing on certain circumstances. So the defense for BYU, yes. I understand that it's got this uh, negative uh, stigma around it and they're just not able to slow down teams. And they haven't. The metrics bear out. is 100th against the rush right now, folks. It's not pretty, especially in the defensive run game. The hope is, on the back half of the season here, is maybe they can improve on that situational awareness side of things. And that would be a a step in the right direction. Do I think that BYU is going to turn around in the second half of the season and become an absolute defensive juggernaut? Absolutely not. I I don't think they necessarily have the horses to become that defensive juggernaut. The the, the situational uh, thing is also that BYU's defensive line, yet again this year, is beat up. Uh, uh, Who did they say yesterday? Uh, Elisa Tuiaki, speaking to the media, said uh, Kavika Gagne, uh, Tavita Gagne excuse me, as well as Josh Larson are out for the season. Uh, Gabe Summers, he's dealing with uh, just it's it's pain management with that PCL injury he's been dealing with. Blake Mangelson's going to be out for a bit. Logan Latouille's out as well. There's a number of guys along BYU's defensive line that are beat up or downright injured who are unable to play, and that's obviously going to hurt BYU's chances at becoming the defensive force they thought they might be. So I think that they can be better in the back half of the season, but I don't know how much better, if that makes any sense. Uh, the thing about this is I think we, we're seeing what BYU is right now. Can the coaching be better? Can they be uh, be better about making sure guys are aware of down and distance and situations, that type of stuff? Absolutely. That stuff should uh, be already covered. The fact that you can't get 10 guys on the field and 10 guys, uh, you, excuse me, you can't get 11 guys on the field and you have 10 guys stuck on the field, that stuff, That that's just... That's downright abysmal and i I went off on that yesterday or it was a month it was Monday no, I did it yesterday what regardless it's not good enough, and that's the thing b y u has to be aware of is just. Having an overall sense of what is going on in a game, not losing track of the game. and That goes to coaching, that goes to the players, that goes to everybody involved in the entire machination of what BYU football is all about, to be on the same page here. So, my overall grade for BYU's defense, I'm going to give them a C. Uh, it's not great, but at the same time, they've had moments where they've been good. Think back to that Baylor game. I know it feels like a lifetime ago in many ways because we are we are so conditioned that week by week, we kind of go through this and the B- Baylor B- B- Baylor game was week two, and we're already at week seven here. But that Baylor game, I thought BYU's defense played about as situationally aware and was about as uh, mistake-free as I have seen them this entire season. The Outside of that, there been a lot of mistakes, a lot of penalties, uh, the personnel issues this past game against Notre Dame costing you two timeouts in the first half because you can't field 11 guys. A lot of that stuff has got to be cleaned up. and That's what the hope is in the back half. They can clean that stuff up and hopefully that can at least uh, yield some marginal improvement for BYU's defense and as a result, hopefully uh, the guys can be better just overall knowing more about what they're trying to do and accomplish on defense. All right, so we'll round out today's show with some th- quick thoughts on the special teams. We'll also talk about my overall grade for BYU of midseason if we round out this show. But first, a word on our friends over at Bilt Bar, my friends. Uh, you've seen it before. I've got it right here. I've got the Cougar Tail Bilt Bar. And if you like uh, cougar tails uh, at BYU football games or basketball or whatever it might be, the cougar tail built bar, folks, is absolutely phenomenal. That's what I love about it. And the best part is uh, it's a built puff, so it's kind of like a, a marshmallow uh, texture to it. It's light and airy. It's delicious and easy to choose. And the best part is the macros on it are absolutely insane. Uh, let me look at this real quick. So we got a uh, total of fat of just 4% of your daily value. The best part is the carbohydrates, uh, net carbs are very, very low, but the bigger part is the protein, 17 grams of protein protein. protein packed into this one bar. It is an absolute... Incredibly tasty bar, but you will not believe the macros, how good it is for you guys. So give it a shot. You can go to built.com right now. The best part is if you buy the built uh, cougar tail, it's an exclusive to BYU football. They give 15% of the proceeds right back to the BYU football players inside the BYU football program. So it's another way to, for you to support BYU via name, image, and likeness, and you can do it with our friends at Built Bar while at the same time indulging in a delicious and healthy treat. So give it a shot, my friends. Go to built.com right now, place the order there. That's promo code locked fifty. Oh, excuse me, locked on 15. That's lockedon 15 5 Once again, that's promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off your order at Bilt.com. And get the other 15% right back to the BYU football program. And do it with our friends at Bilt Bar. All right, before we go here on today's show, uh, letter grade for BYU special teams. Uh, I would give it... C plus B minus the kicking game is absolutely woeful. And the, 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 situation BYU finds themselves in in the kicking game. I don't think there's any readily ready-made answer uh, because Justin Smith came in and missed a PAT, even though it was, Backed up five yards. You still missed a PAT. You're not supposed to miss PAT. Those are the gimmies. Those are the short ones. Those are the ones that are supposed to be... It, you can do it in your sleep as a kicker. But alas, the first missed PAT was the very first one attempted by Justin Smith in that game against Notre Dame. And that that hurt BYU because you could just be like, oh my gosh, here we go again. That's That was... I was sitting next to some BYU fans there at Allegiant Stadium. You, you should have heard them murmuring, oh, here we go again. The kickers can't get it done. And it's a new kicker nonetheless. The kicking game absolutely woeful, abysmal, insert whatever adjective you want here. It's just not been good enough. The punting game, uh, Ryan Rico has not been on top of his game, it feels like, this season. He's been good, but he has not been what he has been in previous seasons for BYU. I don't know necessarily if there's a a physical element to this or they've asked him scheme-wise to do something different, but this is a guy who's got one of the biggest legs BYU's ever seen at punter, and not to mention maybe the biggest body ever a punter for BYU, speaking of Ryan Rico, but it, the, the punt game has not been what I expected it to be. So the two major elements and special teams for BYU, not as good as we anticipated and need them to be uh, going in uh, to the second half of the season. The hope is that at some point, Justin Smith, Jake Cole, Dreut, or heck, even Cash Peterman emerges and says, the kicking job is mine. Or, who knows, maybe BYU's going to have to hit the transfer portal slash recruiting circuit this year and go out and find somebody that can come in and take over this kicking game because he you cannot you cannot have the kicking game in the state it's in right now for BYU so hopefully somebody can pull their head out of you know where and figure it out in the kicking game punting game just you want to see it uh, just be better than it is now in the return sphere Actually, I think that has been maybe the chief strength of BYU special teams. Hobbs Nyberg has won me over, folks. Uh, when he took over in that twenty twenty season as a walk on from the baseball program, that you're like, okay, this is curious. What's what's he gonna do? He was not good. I thought returning punts, and I I was out. I I was I was I was like, you know what? This is a cute experiment, but Hobbs Nyberg ain't it. The second half of last year, he started to to win me over when it came to his punt returns. I thought he started to get more and more uh, effective in the punt return game. This year, he's returning both kicks and punts, and I think he's done a very, very uh, satisfactory, if not a solid job, uh, determining his spots when he's going to return kicks, and he's been very good about gauging that stuff. Think about that return he had early on against Notre Dame. That's a 42-yard return, absolutely phenomenal, and sets up BYU to score that touchdown in the first half. was really their only real offensive success in that first half and was set up by that 42-yard punt return. So, Hobbs and Heiberg, uh, you've got a believer in Jay Catch over here. I, I don't know if you even know what this show is all about, but uh, I think that Hobbs it really brings up BYU's get, uh, grade in the special teams, and that's probably why I'm putting it like a C plus B-, minus, is because of the return game. It's crazy to think because... Think about this. Going into the season, who would have guessed that BYU's return game, both in the punt and kick return, was going to be the chief strength when you had two returning starters. Uh, One guy who two years ago was a Lou Groza Award finalist that goes to the top place kicker in the country. That's what Jake Oldroyd was just two short years ago, folks. He was absolute nails, hitting 55-yard field goals, uh, just hitting them from all over the place. And just two short years later, he's been benched in favor of Justin Smith, a fellow walk-on who uh, missed a PAT. It, it's just crazy to think about how uh, how different this special teams has been uh, halfway through the season versus what we expected going into it. So I would give BYU uh, kind of at C plus B minus. I guess I'll give them the C plus just because I'm just. Uh, the kicking game, it, it, it's a weakness, and it's at, I think at some point it could cost BYU a game down the stretch here. If they get in a tight one when you need a, a critical field goal, who are you going to rely on to kick the football? Who are you going to, uh, say, run out there, Jake Oldroy, Justin Smith? Uh, I, I don't even know what Cash Peterman, Peterman's doing on the roster because, frankly, I haven't heard anything about him outside of him posting on social media about his helmet stuff. I, maybe he's injured. I, I, I don't know. But they've got to be able to rely on the kicking game. And right now, if I'm Kalani Satake, I'm telling the guys, hey, uh, we might be going for two here, and we're also uh, anywhere inside the 50, we're going for it on fourth down. I, I, I am that out. On the kicking game, so I'm gonna give it a C plus. So as we round out today's show, I gave BYU's offense a B plus, and oh by the way, MVP of special teams. If it wasn't clear already, Hobbs Nyberg. I think he's been very very good in the return game. He's my MVP there. So offensive grade B plus, MVP Jaron Hall. Defensive grade C, uh, MVP Max Thule. Very easy, I think, on all of those special teams C plus, uh, and we'll give this uh, the MVP to Hobbs Nyberg. I want your guys' grades and your MVPs. Please send those in uh, via the chat here. On uh, YouTube or just send them in via social media. But my overall grade for BYU right now is uh, I want to say incomplete, but that is not necessarily a letter grade that you're probably going uh, to be willing to accept from me, your host here. But I feel like BYU's won very good game. They've won a very good game, winning that game over Baylor in double overtime. That was a good win. They got absolutely curb stomped, as mentioned against uh, against uh, Oregon. You lose a disappointing one to Notre Dame. And then you've uh, rolled over three teams that you're supposed to roll over in USF, Wyoming, and Utah state. So right now, I think at BYU sitting at four and two, uh, they're four and two in spite of themselves in many circumstances. That's the crazy thing to think about here is BYU is four and two. They have a winning record. They're on the precipice of being inside, back inside the top 25 in spite of so many issues and so many things that they have dealt with this season. So, I don't know if I can come off too harsh on that. So I'm going to give BYU a solid B for where they stand right now on the season. Is there a lot of room for improvement? Absolutely. Uh, the back half of the season, I think is going to tell us a lot about this team. Are they just going to play out the string because the fe- fleeting hopes of a college football playoff slash new Year's six bowl game are now deadened over after that loss to Oregon. And especially after losing to Notre Dame, maybe so, but we're going to learn a lot about this team, especially against Arkansas this week. And then obviously over the ensuing few weeks as we move towards November here. And, that, that's the thing about this right now for BYU is that the, the Cougars, they're 4-2, so we can't be too harsh on them, but at the same time, they're 4-2 despite just a cavalcade of, in many ways, hurting themselves. Uh, the 10 guys against Notre Dame. Think about just some of the issues that BYU has uh, kind of brought upon themselves. The sloppy play, tossing a shoe, the situational awareness with injury, all that stuff. It all adds up, and I give BYU a solid B right now, sitting at 4-2 and two on the season. Uh, it may seem ner- knee-jerk to give them that high of a grade, and I would love for your guys' feedback on that, and I, I solicit it, so please uh, send that in. But that's where I think things stand at halfway. We're halfway through the week, getting ready for a game against Arkansas. Going to have, hopefully, John Neighbors on, who hosts Locked On Razor. Or backs with us here later in the week to do a crossover edition of the show. We'll talk about the metrics. Where does uh, Parker, a good friend over at Stats of War on Twitter, see this game tipping. We'll get his uh, uh, analysis via his graphics that he puts out. We have all of that coming up later this week, but I want your guys' grades at midway of, of the season. Where do you sit? Are, are you Are you out on this BYU team? Are you still bullish on them? Let me know what you think. Four and two. Let us know what your grades are, your MVPs, and the like. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of Locked On Cougars. Thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. It's so much fun to talk all things BYU on a daily basis. Now go make your second listen. Our friends over the Locked On Big Twelve Podcast, Josh Neighbors, get you up to speed on everything going on in the Big Twelve Conference. Uh, that way you can be the smartest BYU fan and Big Twelve fan out there, and that's the way to do it. All right, that'll do it for us. That'll do it for me. Have a great rest of your day. Whenever you're watching and or listening to this. Hope you all are doing well. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast. See ya.